The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Do you stuff? Oh, the ending of that track always catches me out there, or nearly. That's the wonderful Ian Shaw, who we had the pleasure of having in the studio just a couple of months or so ago. Hello, it's out in South London with me, Rosie Wilby, on Resonance 104.4 FM. And my first couple of guests are, well, like me, uh, perhaps a little worse for wear because they've been partying last night. Um, coming up later, we have Tim MacArthur and Naomi Paxton. But first of all, um, because they probably want to go go off and, and eat and sleep after their, their wild night out. <laughs> Out, launching a brand new exciting magazine. It's Paul Burston and Julie Bill- Bindle. Hi, both of you. Hello. As um, you can hear, I can hardly speak, actually. My throat yes, is so it's, sore. It's, it's sort of gone down an gym. octave or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell us about the, the title that you were launching last night. It's a new um, title from Square Peg Media. You're both managing editors. It's Gaze, a modern review. What's it all about? Well, it was partly inspired by the Modern Review, which was the Birchall publication in the 90s, which I used to write for, which sort of took a sort of... Took popular culture seriously, basically. So, and of that, course, that was, Birchall, Julie Birchall is involved with this. She's well, she's she's, she's written a piece for the first piece. issue, basically mm-hmm. sort of passing on the baton, which yeah. is really, was really nice of her. Got you. Yeah. And Julie, this Julie Bindle came to me and said, "I'd like to do a new magazine," um, and we both felt that there was a gap in the market and that most of the gay and lesbian media that we have is very lifestyle. Focused. Yes, yes, it's quite light. Yeah, and yeah. we just felt there was a place for something that was a bit more serious. I mean, mm-hmm. not that there isn't, there is humour in the in the magazine. <laughs> there is fun in it. Yes, um, but but it's 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 more about culture and politics than it is about you know designer pants. Yeah. So that's that's really the main focus, isn't it? Well, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, the fashion piece that we have isn't saying go to Topshop and buy this outfit when you look wonderful in it. <laughs> it's critiquing fashion yeah. and saying. Well, I'll leave it for you to to read on the twentieth of April when we when we uh, launch yes, yeah. in in the shops. But it's critiquing fashion, but actually coming back round to an argument um, that says you know it's not necessarily sexist or vacuous. Um, and we also take apart some of the truisms you know about Islam, for example, sex right. and sexuality, yeah. about prostitution, which many say is the oldest profession, mm-hmm. um, and we suggest that that might not be the whole story. Mm. Pornography gets a good going over. Oh, yeah. From a radical feminist who looks at the liberal intelligentsia and it's, as she describes it, hypocritical um, liberal view that it's, you know, harmless and it's just... Mm-hmm. Clean fun. So when all of the forms of advertising do have an effect on the on the viewer, except for pornography. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, really thought provoking, challenging pieces, mm. and some sharp commentary, mm-hmm. and some head to heads. And so, as Paul said, it's not listings. Even the reviews, um, you know, aren't really reviews. They're a kind of in depth, quirky exploration. As are the travel pieces. Mm-hmm. They take a theme or a number of themes, and they guide you through it rather than saying go to this hotel, yeah. sit yeah. on this beach, it's Yes, lovely. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you, you actually wrote about Tuscany and talked about women trafficking. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and You Shark's don't teeth. often get that in a travel piece, yes, yeah, yeah. But a different approach to travel writing. <laughs> absolutely. Well, tell us a bit about some of the people that are involved, because there's some very interesting writers like Suzanne Moore, Tim Team and his writing from New York have we had, we've had on this show, and also what uh, tickled me was V.G. Lee as the Agony Ant, well, which v- I, I love this. Val, Val is a very dear friend of mine, which is... <laughs> We're in, a, we're in a writer's group together. She's a fellow novelist, and we, we meet once a week with another friend called DJ Connell, and we discuss our novels, oh, yes. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I know 
know how naturally funny she is. And yes, so we she just is. thought we, we, we need something in the magazine and towards the end of the magazine that's really light-hearted. So she's yeah. done this column called Tea and No Sympathy, where she basically offers advice to people, which is the most horrendously harsh advice. <laughs> oh, really? it's, it's appalling. I mean, how, how we'll actually avoid being sued if they oh, actually right. take her advice and carry it out. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, there's also... Some fresh young writers. Who uh, yeah, there's are Iman Qureshi as well, who's brilliant. Yeah, who Iman, Iman, Iman wrote a superb piece. There's yeah. I, I, Iman and Mariam Namazi um, sort of going head to head on what multiculturalism means and Islamism, oh, yeah. what, what the impact of it is on our culture. Brilliant. Um, hence, hence the. The lady in the pink burka ah, on the cover. Pink burka, which you actually modelled last night, Paul, I believe. I did. Was I it this very blue, book, actually, yeah. Paul? Well, this, 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 oh, this, you've this, got a themed set. The, well, no, this burka, this burka isn't actually pink. We did this in Photoshop. It's actually oh. a very pale blue. Oh, I see. Um, and we got someone to, to model it for us. But um, the, the photographer <laughs> brought it back last night and it was sitting in the, in the corner of the room in a plastic bag. So I see. after so, several glasses yes. of wine, it seemed like a good idea you just to, thought, to put it on. Why not? I just hope he was still wearing his suit underneath. I was. What's actually really interesting about gays as well is that it's gay-ish, like Jewish. Okay. Yeah. It's not just for gay people. Yeah, um, I mean, we have a trans writer who writes mm-hmm. about feminism. Yep. We have a straight vicar, Giles Fraser, yep. um, who next uh, issue, which comes out in June, is going to be writing about the church homophobia and what they need to do to clean that up. We've got Suzanne Moore, who herself is heterosexual, mm-hmm. but you know has been up for awards by Stonewall um, yeah. for her very positive... Uh, portrayals of of gay people within her columns. So we've got a real mix of established writers, acclaimed writers, and those that are fresh, young, starting out, uh, and everything pretty much. Well, we've we've also paid tribute to straight people because we've done a sort of um, a reaction (laughs) to to, to the the pink list list called the grey list. um, (laughs) Where where we we, we basically looked at the pink list and looked at the way that they present it in the newspaper (laughs) and just changed the word gay to straight and realised how patronising it is. So we've done this list of 20, 25 straight people we love and how yeah. fab they are and how they make gay life more colourful. There's a little irony in there. <laughs> uh, Actually, yeah. some yeah. of them we just genuinely love. We can't tell you who our winner is. No. Oh. No. Oh, but I'm, put it this way. Um, I'm on the edge of my seat, can you tell? <laughs> that, no, heterosexuality will never be the same again. Wow. <laughs> we hope. Fantastic. And tell us how, how you can get this, because is it just going to be online? or is Initially. There a, right, initially, okay. it's, initially it's going to be an app. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when we approached... Um, Linda Riley, the publisher, mm-hmm. we basically wanted, to, you know, we know it's quite a risky publication in some ways for a publisher to take on. Well, I, I would imagine a lot of publications yeah. are risky. It's just a risky yeah, time. Exactly. Isn't it? It's you a risky know. time. So yeah. we went to home. We wanted, we wanted to keep the cost as minimal as possible. So going to print was out of the question at the mm, beginning. Yeah, sure. Um, we went to her, gave her the idea. She loved the idea. We decided to go ahead and do it as an online magazine, as an app. Um, and before we'd even finished this first issue, there was already, already advertising came in that covers the entire cost of this issue. So wow. she's she's really really happy with the way things are going. Yes. So and there were writers. Sorry, Paul. There were writers who were who were emailing us saying, "Please, can I send you, you ideas?" Yeah. yeah, amazing. And there's a huge gap. There is nothing like gays. No. Um, we should say it's gays, G-A-Z-E, not yeah. gays, G-A-Y-E. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously on the spelling. radio, the spelling yeah. won't come across. Without an apostrophe. Yeah. And where I get stroppy because the word lesbian isn't in it. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we also, I mean, we got a bit tired of this whole LGBTQ. Well, no, it, it's, it it, where does it end? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, absolutely. Um, and yes, I, well, I was sort of, I, I might be writing an article about this sort of thing, yes. Um, we hope so. Mm, yes, <laughs> possibly for issue two. Um, 
But, um, yeah, well, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because I sort of thought that um, these sort of more considered articles, I, d I don't know whether there was a school of thought initially when things started going online that, that longer articles were not as digestible online and on apps. There, there, there has been but that idea. But I is that I, changing? That probably I is. think it is changing. I, th I think what's happening a lot in the media generally, I mean, I work for Time Out. And, yes, you know, which has massively changed. Massively course. changed. We've gone free. There's less pages. There's less words. Mm. Um, and while I understand why they've done that model, because they had to, yeah. um, as a writer, it's it's quite sort of limiting as to, as to how much you can write. And yeah. so yeah. I do think people are, are still willing to read longer pieces online. They, you know, they, they read longer pieces on the Huffington Post. Yes, they read longer absolutely. pieces on various magazine yeah. websites. Um, and I just think, you know, you, you, can't, you can't always tell a story in 500 words. Sometimes you need to write 1,200 plus words. Yeah. And we have, you know, proper reportage. Mm -hmm. So we interview people. You know, we look at various sides of a particular issue. Um, the imagery that we have in the magazine, which is relevant to the issue about whether or not the text is dense, is beautiful. I mean, we've mm -hmm. broken up the text mm. um, by showcasing artists, by making sure that the magazine is as readable as possible because it's mm. also beautiful to the eye and it's not turgid mm. um the design is absolutely gorgeous it's very yeah. very easy to read and we have you know a young designer uh, matt smith who has been utterly fantastic mm. um and kate barsby of course who's a very well-known um graphic artist who, who she's designed she draw the brand she designed and the was there, is there some artwork by sadie lee as well i think yes yeah, sadie lee's featured in this issue yeah. and also justin david right yeah um so, so the the, the plan the plan is to feature one, one or maybe two um, artists, photographers in each issue Brilliant. showcase their work. Um, just because, you know, as Julie said, it breaks up text. You know, yeah. you have pages that are that uh, yeah, visual pleasure. That. Yeah. that are visual pleasure. So. Absolutely. Fantastic. And how did you two, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've been aware of each other for a long time, but have you worked together before or how did you end up we working together? We hate each together? other. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I thought she was an absolute sexist. No, really. Uh -huh. Sexy, I meant to say. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, I've obviously seen you having debates, having opposing opinions about, the, uh, there was mm. one, wasn't there, about where whether we're born gay or not. In The Guardian, In yeah. The Guardian. Uh, yeah. a short while ago. We do, we well, do, I, I think but... the thing with Julie and I is that we're, we're very similar in many ways, aren't yeah. we? We're both, mm. we're, we're both quite bolshy and opinionated. My husband <laughs> calls us evil twins. Yeah, my husband calls him my evil twin. Um, but, uh, which is probably quite true. Um, but we're from very, very, very similar backgrounds, both yeah. working class backgrounds and uh -huh. so on. And we're both you know, quite opinionated journalists. We don't, we don't agree on everything. We have lots of issues that we disagree with. But then that's... Disagree on profoundly. Probably but I think healthy. that's a good thing to have yeah. in a magazine. I, I, I hate this idea that a magazine should be uniform. Uh, absolutely, or that mm. it should have a party line. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, we share a value system, but we could probably give you ten themes now that we would go head to head on. Mm. But the thing about the magazine is that we have introduced topics to it. There's probably about five each that we would both take opposite views on, yeah. mm. just out of the first issue. And we love the idea that the next issue we might actually go head to head in a different way. And Paul and I will also be writing. I mean, we've written um, plenty for the magazine for this issue, but we may well do a couple of head-to-heads ourselves yeah. mm -hmm. for the next one. 
I mean, I mean, years years ago, I, I I pitched an idea to a magazine that I won't name, a gay magazine, <laughs> and basically I was told that I could do the piece so long as I concluded such and such. And uh, I said, well, how on earth can I tell you what the conclusions until I've actually investigated this story? And I just I just hate that. It's yeah, I know. It's, it was very frustrating. It's Stalinism. It's when nonsense. When I started doing music writing, I remember one particular well-known music uh, magazine sort of telling me what I had to say about a band, <laughs> and it's it's just yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I've been researching, um, looking back, um, well. Naomi's been involved with this, who's one of our later guests at looking back at a feminist newspaper, DIY newspaper that I did at college in the uh, in the 1990s at university and um, the, tracing the group of women that mm. made the paper together. And sort of it's really interesting through history looking back at the differences between the people who were more separatist and people who wanted to include men in the debate. And, you know, I think it was it was healthy having those debates and, and the paper evolved and it was all the better for having those different views, I think. Yeah. Um, and, so and, and also, you know, having, having a gender balance. I mean, there's probably more female contributors in this issue than yes, there are right. male. I mean, yeah. one of the publications that I used to love when I first came out on the scene way back in the 80s was Square Peg. And it was a publication that was for gays, lesbians and others. Ah, which is kind of what this is, for, okay. is really. It's just, was I, that to do with Square Peg Media? No, no, but no, I, that's just, just, just right. coincidence. It, just was, coincidence. It, was, it, was, it was run as a co-op and it was a, it was ah. a really, really beautifully made publication. Um, it ran for a couple of years. Well, um, I don't and then ever since then, everything's been Gay men read Monolithic. this and lesbians read this. It's very separatist, yeah, isn't it? It's like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't yeah. understand that because there's so much common ground and so much commonality. And there yeah. is no such thing as gay culture, one could argue. Yeah. There are gay people and we're, you know, in a sense we're brought together by anti-lesbian, yeah. anti-gay, you know, sexist, homophobic sentiment, whatever you want to call it, prejudice, yeah. bigotry. But in terms of culture, it changes between the ages of 20 and 25. You know, whether you're black of colour, whether you're white working class, there is no such thing as gay culture. And Mm. so what we want to do um, is make it relevant to gay people in a way that doesn't ghettoise us. So, for example, Uh, you know, films like The Kids Are All Right, it wasn't a lesbian film. It was really groundbreaking, whatever you think of the film, that it was a film about parenting. Yeah. And it wasn't a film about a lesbian relationship. And so, in a sense, this magazine's like that. Yeah. It's not a gay magazine, but yeah. it's a magazine that includes lots of themes that are of interest to gay people yeah. and others. Interesting, yeah, because I think it was Janet Street Porter who said that gay news seems like such a, a ridiculous idea, you know, because surely there's just news, you know. <laughs> well, I remember... Well, I, gay I, gossip. Well, yes, exactly. Was it called The Day Today that they did that spoof of the gay weather chart? and they like... <laughs> Gay weather, Brilliant. I love it. Well, weather is quite camp, isn't it? Really? <laughs> you know, camp, in and there are some very attractive gay weathermen, naming no names. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether I fancy that many weather women, uh, weather girls. They're, they're always young, aren't they? They're always, yeah. No, no. I want, I want some more mature weather women. I'd find that hot. Let's start a campaign. Let's, let's do one. <laughs> Julie, will you do the weather? I think yes, you I will. I mean, I'm, I'm I a, get Val McDermott I'm to do it. I'm a mature lady. <laughs> I can tell you that it's going to be hideous tomorrow because I'm going on holiday. Actually, the way, it's not really difficult at the moment, is it? No. We don't really need uh, no. any meteorological qualifications. No. Um, <laughs> so, Paul, just quickly tell us, you've written a long um, article in this first issue um, yeah. about a certain David Bowie. I have. Tell us a bit. Um, about what what you're saying about him? Well, I mean, Bowie, for me, growing up, was was a lifeline, really, because I grew up in a small town in South Wales. There were no gay people that I knew of. Um, There was very negative stereotypes on television. And then there was this man who actually symbolised queer being fabulous and something to aspire to. And I latched on to him. Um, And I was in Rio, where my partner's family are from, um, at New Year. 
and suddenly saw online David Bowie was trending. And I thought, oh my god, he's died. Oh, I know <laughs> that that's the first what everybody thought. thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then of course it was the album, you no know, single was out, and the exhibition. I so I went to the exhibition yeah. um, when At it the opened. The V and A went to the press preview, mm. um, where we were, we we were allowed to take photographs of that, which oh. people weren't allowed to afterwards. So, and it was amazing. It was fascinating, and it just it made me think a lot about what he has meant to me as a person growing mm. up and and now and how he's still culturally relevant. Mm. So the piece is kind of a, sort of an essay exploring why I think he's still relevant um, at well, the age of 66. It's amazing, <laughs> you know, that the new album was kept such a secret. Yeah. It's, it's been a brilliant And, that, and, and that it's such a great album. And it's brilliant as yeah. well, I know. Well, we're gonna play, We're going to play the single, Where Are We Now, in a, in a second. Um, but all the best uh, with, with Gaze. Um, Thank you. And it's the 20th that we can actually get 20th the 20th of April, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 20th of April, so that's a week on Saturday. So. Oh, watch this space. Oh, yes, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are tweeting the cover just to give your uh, listeners and, and others a taste of what's to come. Yeah, later on this evening it'll be online. Brilliant. What's the Twitter handle? It's at yeah. Gaze, at, at Gaze Gaze Review. Review. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, let's hear a bit of, uh, of the wonderful David Bowie and Where Are We Now? That is David Bowie and that is the track Where Are We Now, the recent single from the wonderful album. And uh, do go and see the exhibition at the V&A if you haven't seen it already. It goes on till August, so you've got plenty of time to go and see that. And there's also, um, you might just be able to still catch um, on iPlayer, there was a um, cracked actor. There was an Imagine um, documentary that was on last Thursday, so you will still be able to catch it for a couple of evenings uh, or so on, on the iPlayer of a, a documentary of him in the States uh, with Alan Yentop from the 70s, which was very interesting after he'd, he'd just killed off Ziggy Stardust. Um, so my next character actually has uh, a few uh, different, uh, well, a, a few alter egos, or, or maybe certainly one that I know I know rather well. But uh, we're talking to her as Naomi Paxton at the moment, but I know her quite well as the uh, as the magician character Ada Camp as well. Hi, Naomi. Hello there. <laughs> um, how, how are you? You're not a about to kill off Ada Camp, are you? No, no, I don't think so. No, I hope not because she's very funny and she's she, going to be on Battersea Barge in May. So I'm, she is Femmes by the Thames. Uh, Femmes she's by got the more Thames. havoc to wreak before she's killed off. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, but you see, sometimes the character becomes too much. You see. Well, yes. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. She is, she is quite something there, Ada Camp. Do check that out on, on May the 9th at Femmes by the Thames. But the primary thing that we wanted to talk to you about um, today is a Livering Literature Walk, stage rights following the suffragettes through theatre land, um, which is happening on a couple of Saturdays later this month, 20th and the 27th, which um, goes hand in hand with your book that you talked about um, when, you're, when you're on the show before. So tell us a bit about, about this. Yeah, well, stage rights. So, um, it's it's fantastic. It's a sort of treasure hunt for the audience, really. So mm. the audience will um, is we're only selling about fifteen tickets per walk maximum. So there'll be little groups and okay, because one leaves every twenty minutes. Yeah, so every twenty minutes, quite a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, two p.m. to three twenty p.m. Uh-huh. on those days, and um, the audience will be given a guide of where they where they're going, and obviously with relevant sort of interesting specific details about the buildings and the roads they're on, and yeah. their relevance to to the uh, suffrage or the the theatre side of the suffrage movement particularly. And mm-hmm. on the way, they will encounter um, actors 
um, performers. In character. In character, yes. Uh, do and you are one of them. I am one of them, yes. Who, what, who, what characters do you play then? Oh, well, I'm just playing one character. One character. One character. But the, we've got uh, ten actors in total spread mm-hmm. out over the route um, doing a mixture of um, pieces from original suffrage plays, uh-huh. um, newly written material, newly commissioned material, um, based on verbatim extracts. Um, and... Yeah, so we've got some really exciting, exciting things. So hopefully it'll be a fantastic experience for the audience, not only even if they know parts of the West End really well, um, to learn a bit more about the streets and buildings and also to encounter maybe sides or things about the suffrage movement that they didn't know. So, yes, it's going to be really exciting. We've got a great cast. I'm very, very mm. pleased with it. Interesting. And you're involved with the um, the company Scary Little Girls, who I know as well. Because yes. they, they've done some of these kind of walks before as they well. They have, yes. And I've Internationally, perform- actually. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And I've performed on one of their walks actually before in, um, in Marylebone. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, they're great. So um, uh, it's Rebecca and I are kind of co-producing it and... Um, and one of the uh, amazing writers, Kate Caro, has um, has oh, yeah, I know her, uh, produced yeah. um, a monologue, and it's just the most moving thing. I read it and just cried. It was wonderful. Oh, um, wow. So I think I don't think the audience will cry, but I was just so because it's such an important topic to me. I was just so moved by what she'd done with the material. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Becca will start the walk yeah. uh, at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane, and um, I will be somewhere along it. Ah, okay. Ooh, how, how mysterious! It's uh, it was the idea was partly inspired by the Globe's Shakespearean sonnet walks I read. Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah, hmm. a member of Scary Little Girls Company, um, or uh, an associated artist with them, um, was involved with the original sonnet walks um, with Mark Rylance at the Globe. Right. And, okay. Um, he got the sort of he gave her permission to take that idea forward, and now Scary Little Girls are doing them sort of all over the country, really. Oh, wow, what an amazing idea. Um, and obviously it goes hand in hand with your book, which, has that just been published or is it just about to come out? No, it came out in the UK at the end of January and oh, out okay. in the States in end of March, actually. Ah, so it's out in the States yeah, as well. Exciting. How exciting. So that's the Methuen Drama Book of Suffrage Plays, yep. which you edited. I did, yep. yeah. And has, has that been getting reviews and things? Or, well, or how's that going? <laughs> um, there was, uh, yes, there was um, a lovely review, a blog review, and then one on Amazon, actually, which is fantastic. Ah. Um, I don't uh, think is it's it someone you know. Is it, it is, actually. It's someone is it Ada Camp? Pro- <laughs> <laughs> no, she's too drunk to read it. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, probably is. No, yeah. it's actually a lovely guy that I went to primary school with. And oh. I haven't read it. So so that was, oh, wow. that was very sweet. And I, yes, the joy of Facebook. There you go. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 been, gone down really well. And I'm just so proud to see it in print. It's amazing. Amazing. Mm. So I hope people are getting getting excited about it. Yeah. Well, tell us where people can find out all about the walks and how to book for that. Sure. So you can find out about the walks on uh, two websites, really. My website, which is www.naomipaxton.co.uk and also at uh, www.scarylittlegirls.co.uk and... Um, do advise people to uh, buy tickets online because, as I said, it's limited numbers for each of the walks and a couple of them are very nearly sold out already. So if you're interested, um, do book online and come and join us. Wow. Gosh. And what else? Have you got anything else sort of on the horizon? You seem to have juggling a, a few a few things most um, of the time. We've um, got a fantastic event at the National Theatre on the 25th of June. Um, oh, right. I'm involved in a platform, um, extended platform performance there. Uh, so it's going to be Professor Maggie Gale from Manchester University and myself and Janie D and Samantha Bond um, in a panel that's chaired by Janista McIntosh. And we're going to do some extracts from suffrage plays um, and then have a discussion really about sort of the feminist 
feminist theatre of the time and oh. and um, modern actresses' response to that feminist theatre. And then I'm going to be doing a book signing afterwards. So it's just going to be fantastic. I'm really excited that it's it's come together. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Mm. Um, and uh, as you, you, I think you're doing more dates as Ada Camp as well, aren't you? Because you've got Bristol. What yeah, the, I'm doing What the, what frock. the frock. Which is fabulous, really fun. Yep. I did that recently. On yeah. April the 26th, actually the day before the second walk. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> then, so you've got to um, and, sort of change, change characters. I will. And, uh, overnight. and then Femmes by the Thames, which will yeah. be brilliant fun. No, that, that should be really yeah. fun. Well, all the best with, with all of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear from you a bit more in the uh, in the second half of the show whilst we're chatting to Tim. We'll, uh, we'll have a good old oh. gossip about, about more things, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> in the meantime, let's play another track. Now, we had Luke Meredith on the show um, last week playing the piano with his slightly uh, risque songs. And um, you'll remember that he handed me a CD of a track that he recorded called How to Write a Pop Ballad. So I thought as, as we created such a sense of mystery about him handing me this CD last week, I better play it so you can actually hear this opus. Um, and so if you want to write a pop ballad, here are Luke's instructions. Started slowly at an even pace It's all the same chord, just a different face To show you've finished the phrase, go back to the same Show them this is an emotional bit Doesn't matter if the lines scan So long as the words eventually hit Now I had to write a break There's only so much I could Producer to give your song. 
different Swim in the end now You the evasion as the time time start This is the forest a little bit higher It's still the same forest I'm going to end with the baby Priceless nonsense yeah. What about the children Every Mr. Luke Meredith and How to Write a Pop Ballad. And he was uh, live on the show last week, which you can actually, of course, hear again on our website if you missed it, out in southlondon.wordpress.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at OutSuthLondon because we can't fit the whole thing in as a Twitter handle. But, uh, yes, if you uh, miss out a few letters, you'll you'll find us. Um, And also like us on Facebook, of course. Now, as I promised, um, I've got... Yet another fabulous guest here in the studio. He was no stranger to Resonance, of course. It's Tim MacArthur. Hi, Tim. Hello, Rosie. Great to see you uh, looking looking so lovely. But of course, we uh, we can't see that on the radio. <laughs> Although I'm a bit I'm a bit uh, I guess last week were curious about the webcam. Do you know if that does that work? Are we online you know somewhere? I've never noticed that before. Well, yeah, there is a <laughs> camera out there. Oh, I thought it was in case you nick anything. <laughs> It's like just like a security camera. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, maybe Tim. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, so who knows? Maybe somewhere someone can, can give see them a us wave. waving. Hello, wave at wave. it now, um, and maybe you could tweet us if if you can see and us see waving. Us. But I've no tell idea. Tell us what we're wearing. Uh, yeah, what colours we're wearing? It's a test. Um, <laughs> I always wear blue, so I'm easy. But but tell us what Tim and Naomi are wearing. Yeah. And um, so. Oh, there's a little siren going off there. That's the that's the webcam siren. (laughs) (laughs) They've seen us nicking something. Put that candle bra down. Uh, Candle bra. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So, Tim, tell us. I don't know. It's gone a bit mad now. (laughs) Now, now those serious journalists have gone. You know, know. we are very serious. We're very serious. Uh, Yeah, we can just have a laugh, can't we? You've got your show, of course, Curtain Up on Resonance. I have, How yes. How is that going? It's going really well, actually. We've um, we sort of done three series and then just sort of been extended to the end of June, really, which is mm. quite nice. So it's, uh, it's on Fridays at four o'clock, repeated on a Wednesday at 10 a.m. Uh, oh, 10 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. Right, because our, yeah, our repeat has changed. We're now yeah. repeated on Friday at 11, I think. So, yeah, no, it's going really, really well. I, I really, really love it. We've got a selection of assortment of guests and it's mostly celebrating london's fringe yes occasionally we have some west end guests on which is great but it's mm. all about supporting london fringe theater right. and what's happening which is really exciting because it's really grown in the past couple of years yeah and there's those more venues and everyone's doing really good work that is selling out which is really exciting oh amazing and who yes. have you had on what sort of names have you had on lately oh d- well oh, well well, well wow. i say this we had stevie webb on the other week uh, who's currently in Quasimodo at the King's Head. Mm. Uh, this week, this Friday, we've got Jackie Dankworth on, which is ah, really exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, and I can't really remember because I've been away working, so we've had guest oh, presenters okay. in. So, oh, right, um, okay. So, yes, I've been up in Carlisle directing a show. 
Well, because at the moment you're directing Four Puffs and a Piano. Am, yes. Is that the one that you've been away directing? No, no this no, is this another one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the boys have been on the road for about, I think, about seven weeks. I think they've done about fifty odd dates, which is really good. Mm. And um, they're playing the new Charing Cross Theatre. Charing Cross Theatre on uh, Sunday. Charing Cross Theatre, not the new Charing Cross Theatre. It used no, to be the new just, players, but oh, no, it's I, just I the get Charing Cross Theatre. Confused with it, Rosie. It's a Charing Cross Theatre. Yes. Uh, those people maybe saw Dear World there recently, and uh, that. Naomi, that thing with the Naked Boys. Naked oh. Boys singing was there as yes, well. Yes, yes. For a very successful run. Naked Boys uh, singing. I don't know why I, you I would know, know I that. See, <laughs> I know. Why, why did you sort of tap Naomi on the shoulders? If Naked Boys, she'll know. And she'll know. Ada Camp, sorry. Ada Camp probably did, yeah. yes. And yes. Uh, so, yes, so the boys are doing that. So it's David Wickedon, who's one of the original puffs. So there's new puffs, right? There's new puffs, right. So their show is called Louder, Harder, Stronger, Longer, <laughs> Bigger something and uh, uh, David Wickedon is the original puff from the series and it's now got Graham Clark Ian Lilly and the legendary legend Bobby Crush on the keys All right. who is uh, a all of the boys are, are incredibly talented. Uh, Roland's done the harmonies, the musical director, and uh, done some really great songs. Born This Way, Builder's Bum, some new material. <laughs> Do you take it up there? And uh, various things. And I think it's it's a really fun show yeah. as well. So what's what's your involvement been then? What, how do you um, well, I, direct, go about directing a group like that? I directed David uh, about 18 months ago in Edinburgh. For, he did a solo show when the oh. original Puffs were doing their sort of last... I love the way you say Puffs, by the way. It's really Puffs. Puffs. It's very sort of... <laughs> it's quite gay. posh. It's Puffs. Puffs. <laughs> I'm northern, working class. God bless Maggie. Puffs. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so um, so I got involved through directing David's show, and then obviously they were getting more work, and David decided we'd like to go back on the road with them. So mm. he approached me and said, "Would I come in and direct and choreograph the show?" But I've we have done a lot of laughing in rehearsals. I mean, it's like seven gay men in a room is. You know, I mean, already when you do a show yeah. theatrical, there's always banter. There's always theatrical yes. banter amongst your actors and actresses. Oh, and, yes. and Naomi, yes. I mean, you've worked with Janie T. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's always that. But when you get seven gay men in a room, somehow it's just chaos. Uh, it's right. just chaos. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. But a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And the boys, they're really they're really popular. I went to see them somewhere um, outside London. Oh, not Welling Garden City. Maybe it was Welling Garden City. Somewhere outside London. Somewhere outside London. Just narrow it I got down, on a train, it? never been there. Potter's Bar. Oh, po- no, it wasn't Potter's <laughs> no? Bar. It might have been. Uh, so it's somewhere sort of just north of London. We're yeah, kind yeah. of getting to, honing it down. Yeah, but bit. they've done Britain. Still, they've done places yeah. in Wales, and they've got Brighton as well on, doing on Brighton, Saturday, yeah, yeah. haven't they? They're really um, they've done, and I was amazed because the audiences absolutely love them. They just went nuts, really up singing, clapping, dancing. Brilliant. You know, they're real so good. So it didn't feel matter to show. the audience then that the puffs have changed. I don't think so. I think Some of the I think in a way disappeared in a puff yeah, of smoke. A puff of smoke. <laughs> no, but they're 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 a real talented bunch actually. Yeah, of course. They and sound I think amazing. it's what yeah. we try to do as well is obviously because it's it's the puffs and the the gay, but we've tried to I tried to sort of make them not do some obvious stuff like they used to do before, as well. Yeah. So just make them not not neutral is not the right word, mm. but just give them more rather than just celebrating the fact they're gay, but actually saying we are four strong men who have really great voices who really right. know how to sing a song. Yes, as well as well as having the fun camp stuff, which is important. So actually but demonstrating to, their musical absolutely, talent, yeah, which I think is really important. Oh no, absolutely! Um, and tell us a bit about what what else you're up to because you've always got so many things going on. 
I know it's uh, it's interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just doing a lot of directing, still doing Sister Mary. I did some oh, random black and white cross-dressing ball for the um, Chelsea Art Sketch Club last Friday, which oh. was one of the most... You know when you do a gig, Rosie, and you think, what am I doing here? Oh, I often think that, but yes. for all the right reasons, <laughs> hilariously. Um, and then just uh, still doing work as me. We hopefully might... Well, you know, because I work at Above the Stack. Oh, yes. We yes. hopefully will have an announcement of our new venue very, ah, very soon. of course, because you were working... Well, obviously, there was the Panto that was at the Landor. Landor. But that's not a permanent home, is No, it? that was just... No, we just did just the Panto there. Yeah. Um, I actually... I went to see it because normally I miss them, but this year, because it ran a week extra, when mm. I came back from doing my Panto, I was able to go and see it, and it was a... Oh, it was really fun. It was a riot. Yeah, and I sat on the front really row was. and they all picked on me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no other seats, don't sit on the front row. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the, that hopefully we'll have that an announcement. And then Great. I'm directing and choreographing this year's News Review in Edinburgh, which ah, I'm really excited about. yes, I about. saw you posting on Facebook about that. And yeah. who, who's um, in News Review this year, or do you not... Do you know Ooh, yet? No, we oh, cast we it at the end of May. Oh, you cast that at so the end of May. So it's sort of a selection of the the previous year's casts. Oh, OK, so sense. some of the best... So, yeah. yeah, so Emma, who's the producer, sort of invites people in from the previous runs uh -huh. and then we spend like a day with them workshopping various comedy things but I'm so excited that'll be good but how do, how does that get written because obviously it's very topical so I assume yeah. it, you know you can't actually really rehearse and write it, it it's sort in any of conventional sense because the, it's got to yeah. be quite up to the minute the Edinburgh run is sort of 70% of the best of what's happened in the year Ah, OK. And got then 30% is more current. So obviously with the passing of oh, Baroness certain, Thatcher, certain there's going to be lady. a few uh, things in it, I can imagine. Yes, <laughs> yes. What, <So>. what's, <laughs> what do you think about, uh, about that? Because oh, a lot of people are saying that she shouldn't have so much coverage yeah. because they didn't agree. Obviously, I didn't agree with her policies, but it's fascinating, I'm not going isn't to it? sort of go and dance on a grave. You no, know? Um, but I found it, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I was brought up in the northeast in sort of 86. I was at school and and it, it, I think it's I think it's where you were in the country, mm -hmm. how it affected you. And it, it's it's interesting with different. I mean, Twitter yesterday was a complete yeah. nightmare. Everything that was going on, and Ooh, yeah. and I, I really think it's about how you were brought up and what you're like. For me, it was what my parents had to deal with being in the north and mm -hmm. how she and Thatcherism affected the way we were brought up and what we what our influences were. I mean, all the past couple of days, I've. All I can hear is my granddad's voice in my head. Mm. I mean, I remember as a child he would swear at her on the telly. Yeah. And thinking if he was alive today, he would be... He'd be delighted. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think mm. it's just what it makes you... And then I can't stop thinking about, you know, she was behind Clause 28. Well, absolutely. I mean, that was this was sort of... I was, you know, coming out and realising I was gay, you know, at the sort of tail end of Thatcherism. And it was just, a you know, it's a horrible, horrible time to think that you were gay because it was yeah. such a, a demonised thing, mainly because, because of her and her government, really. So, yeah. yes, it's hard was, to know what to, what to feel, yeah. isn't it? When I was 15, I, I came out and um, the school my comprehensive school couldn't really deal with it so they sent me to a, a child psychotherapist mm. called Ronald McDonald or Donald McDonald I'm I sure he really wasn't remember. called Ronald McDonald no he was really? Yeah, I remember, yeah really or Donald <laughs> did McDonald did he have a funny big wig or he had grey hair and he basically <laughs> sat, suit yeah he basically told me you know why did I think I was gay and I said right. well I'm attracted to, to men he said oh but you're too young and I was like you know yeah. I went through puberty when I was nine that's why I'm so hairy now gosh and I bet, I bet people wish the webcam was on now <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not sat here naked, by the way, when we said what we're wearing. <laughs> just a big hair suit. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I just I just remember just years later going back to to see a, a neighbour's child in a, a in Joseph that they were doing at the school and seeing my old English teacher and my old drama teacher and randomly the old history teacher, and the three of them apologised to me because they said we knew what was going on, but none of us mm. could help you because of Clause 28. <gasps> yeah. And they and that, you know, I cried when they apologised to me because I just thought, she's, and one of them said, we used to talk about you all the time in the staff room about saying what we could do <gasps> oh, and none God. of us could help you yeah. because we weren't allowed and we would lose our Awful. jobs. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, and I just feel, you know, it's interesting how times change and, you know, what is, the, I don't know what the protocol is now for young teenagers who maybe know that they're gay when they're 13 or 14 mm. or 15, what it's help the, there it's is. It's still really tough, I think. Yeah. You know, when we have organisations that do work, you know, counselling, like organisations like PACE that do a lot of workshops with, with young LGBT people, I think it's still very, very tough. Um, you know, particularly now in the playground that gay yeah. is used as, as such an insult. Um, and there's still such homophobic language that, that seems very ingrained in our culture. Yeah. And I think as you get older, maybe you sort of always think it's, you hope that it's it, it's getting better. Mm. But as you say, I don't, I don't, I don't presume it is really. I don't know. I think in, in, in some way, you know, I think we, we have come forward in a lot of ways legally, obviously with, with marriage and things like that. I mean, I remember as a student, we did a same-sex wedding demo up in York, outside York Minster, just thinking, and that was on Valentine's Day 1991, thinking wow. this would something that would never, ever happen in real life, you know, to female students, till male students got married, you know, and we waved banners and shouted through megaphones. And, you know, we just thought it was this most preposterous kind of idea, you know, you know, so in some ways it's unbelievable to think of the things that have moved forward that I never thought would. But then in another way, I think we've just gone nowhere or even in some backwards. ways gone backwards. Yeah. Um, because there's almost like now that people think, oh, that gay stuff, we've done all that, that they don't need to worry about it anymore. I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting and worrying times in, yeah, in a sense. It's, um, it's all very strange. Isn't but it? everyone should come and see Four Puffs on Sunday and forget about it. I know, yes. <laughs> so we'll, we do, yes. Well, no, I think it's good on this show to have a bit of serious discussion. No, I, I completely as well, agree you know, with as, you. As obviously Paul and Julie were talking about um, in, in uh, gays, you know. Yeah. It's but good it, to have serious and the light yeah, as well. But it's interesting it? just with the, you know, how the past two days with her with Baroness Thatcher passing has raised up surprised me with so much anger that I still mm, have for okay. my time there that has really disturbed me in, in more ways than I anticipated it would if that makes sense yeah I think it, I, I totally respond to that idea that people couldn't help I, I remember I was when I was 17 I actually phoned the Samaritans um, I think when my parents had sort of gone out for the evening and they really sort of were trying to tell me it was just a phase and mm. I would grow out of it. And, of course, I knew I wouldn't because you just know that yeah. that's you and that's what you feel and you, you know that's very genuine. Um, and so that, that was really damaging as well. And I think yeah. there, there was a sense that people did not want to encourage it, obviously, especially teachers because of the laws, yeah. but, but really any adults sort of, I think there, there was a feeling that you would try and persuade persuade your daughters and sons out of it yeah maybe. i was a member with ronald mcdonald or donald mcronald <laughs> he when he used to say well how do you know you're gay and i said well my mum has lots of catalogues that come through the door like empire stores and brian mills <laughs> and it's like ask me whether i look at the toy section or whether i look at the men in the underpants section and you i think you'll find it's the latter <laughs> you know i'm not interested in the, the local the, the latest sort of lego 
new caravan and car that you can build. I want the man in the lovely sluggy pants. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> well, my, my lovely comedian friend, um, Julie Jepson, she said um, her mum knew she was a lesbian when she found a magazine under her bed. Um, it was a, a Power Tools, B&Q Power Tools <laughs> magazine, <laughs> which I think is a lovely line. Um, anyway, well, we're going to play a bit more music now. And I thought I'd play, um, just for you, Tim, I thought I'd play Killer Queen. Oh, bless you. Are you, are you a Killer Queen? <laughs> no, today? not really. I'm not oh. even in heels, look. Well, you could be. I've gone in for the soft look trainers. Ah, oh, well. <laughs> You're listening to Out in South London on Resonance 104.4 FM with me, Rosie Wilby. I've been chatting to Tim MacArthur about his various activities. And before that, I was also talking to Naomi Paxton, who uh, is, can be sometimes seen as the character Ada Camp. But she's also been, as we mentioned, we'll just briefly chat about a show that I'm doing that she's been helping me with, actually, because it has a feminist um, angle my show 90s Woman which is also on at Wandsworth Arts Festival and uh, you've been helping me Naomi very kindly research the history of Matrix which I may as well put a call out actually I don't know if, if anybody knows <laughs> yes. but we're trying to find out what happened to the University of York feminist newspaper that started in 1990 when I was a student there and we had lots of kind of articles about body image and feminism and sexual violence and, and lots of things and but you know fun stuff and cartoons and things as well um, but it was uh, it was a really fabulous paper and I happened to find all the old copies under my bed um, but we really want to know we hear that it lasted for about a decade but we cannot find any archives of it and you you found an archive in Leeds didn't you oh, that... no. yeah I got very excited and I was I was <laughs> looking up my research bunny hat on yeah. and I found it I think it's um feminist archive north in Leeds it is, yeah. and it was listed on their on their sort of PDF of, of, of periodicals they their had titles, like, yeah. oh my gosh they've got matrix <laughs> and I found I think they're only there kind of two hours a week or something. Yeah, and I, I phoned them and um, they, they only had one copy. They only had issue two. I know, and when I've I said, got that. I've I was working it. with you and, and you were trying to, they said, oh, well, if she's got any, she'd like to donate. We'd love to see them. I know, <laughs> so they, they want to see my it's copies. It's the most so. elusive thing. That, like re- Researching suffrage material is loads easier than researching easier 90s. to find than 1990s. Feminist, yes. It's really, really interesting, How curious. isn't it? Where are the, you? The feminist, the feminist Library and the University yeah. of York Centre for Women's Studies. We've got Women's Centre, Feminist Group, Women's Library, all those people. We can't find it. So, it's actually become a really fascinating mystery now. Do you have it? the Matrix or the Matrix Reloaded? I know, because there was actually Matrix Reloaded yeah. um, was a tri- kind of tribute fanzine that some women did in about 2006. And it's been a delight to actually find out stuff like that and mm. find out that it, the spirit of it um, lived on. But yeah, I showed you my, my copy of Matrix from brilliant. 2001. Brilliant. <laughs> so I, 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 th- I mostly did that one because I think well, I'd, I'd fallen out with some of the other feminists then because, you know, they were more separatist than me. And not, I don't <laughs> know, I asked a man what he thought or something. And, and really I'd sort of drawn it all. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yes, yes. My e- evolution of man, which I, I think I tweeted the cover actually that I did a evolution of man where it's the famous kind of evolution um, you know, graphic, um, but it turns into a woman with breasts at the end, whereas it's usually a man, of course. Um, so, so yes, it's it's very very fascinating mm. trying to trying to find out. But yes, thank you so much because uh, you, you know you're good at your with your research hat on, but <laughs> but it's interesting because we can't find out. Yeah, can we? it's very curious. Maybe it's not long enough ago, but people need to have a look. If you went to York Uni in the nineties or the noughties search search through your material and see if you've got a copy of the matrix i know because because you didn't have a you weren't involved with anything like that in in back in the day no no i went to goldsmiths but i kind of um yeah i didn't really spend a lot of time there (laughs) Um, (laughs) too uh, busy getting drunk no no i was too busy kind of working 
I, got, I just wanted to work in, in the West End, so I started oh, off yes. front of house and then stage door and dressing uh-huh. and having auditions for things and just kind of really wanted to take advantage of opportunities. So mm, I actually absolutely. didn't get involved in student life at Goldsmiths, which was a shame in hindsight. Um, well, we you can't there do everything. I mean, if you're in London and somewhere as exciting as this, then I can see you would want to get... Whereas York, it was a very contained kind of campus and, mm. you know, you had to get involved with, with stuff that was going on there whilst there wasn't much really other than looking at the lake and the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> or just getting horrendously drunk or you know getting drunk and looking at the duck and the lakes because oh. then they sort of looked more interesting looked more pretty um, so um, cool. uh, on that strange note maybe we shall wrap up this uh, edition of Out in South London and uh, we look forward to uh, your company next week we're on every Tuesday for an hour of course now 6.30 to 7.30 so please join us then we're going to play out with a bit of Billy Myers, who came and uh, entertained us in the studio just a few weeks ago. This is her current single, and this track is called Wonderful. Thanks for listening. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.